A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about feedback. Now, I'm not talking about what you hear when you plug your guitar in and your amps on too high a setting. I'm talking about the culture that we live in nowadays where everything is performance oriented and there's a real push towards getting feedback for everything. Whatever you do, um, when you walk through customs at the airport, there's those smiley faces or when you purchase something online, you often get an email with a feedback form. And actually on a personal level, the the other element of feedback that really interests me is how you feed things back to your peers or your colleagues or someone that you work with, um, depending on what kind of personality they have. So I'd like to touch on that as well. So many of you will know that I don't particularly like jargon um, and feedback is a bit jargonistic. And I think it's because I, I particularly find it hard to tolerate management jargon because often it's meaningless and um, you know there are all these tools and metaphors sometimes you just want to get down to business but the essence of feedback is really to learn and to save resources time money and in a way just improve whatever it is you're trying to get feedback on whether that's a system whether that's yourself and how you're doing something um, it is really a process of learning and, and really structured, good quality feedback is, is more than just kind of, you know, saying, hey, you did a good job. It is based on data. And the bottom line is that there is some evidence that if you have productive feedback, that actually improves work output and productivity. I think also on a personal level, people react to feedback quite differently. So I'm someone who's always a bit fearful of it. Um, I always have been because I think, oh, you know, what have I done wrong? They're going to find me out, you know, um, or, or whatever. And then there are other people who really don't mind it. They confidently think that they're going to get excellent feedback. And, you know, if they don't, then they, they nullify it or they ignore it. And there's also um, an element of lip service to feedback. Um, Nowadays, people know that they're meant to say thank you, for example. Actually, feedback that's not specific isn't particularly helpful. So if you just say, oh, thanks everyone who helped to bring this project to fruition, that's a thank you. That's not really feedback. 
Whereas actually, if you are a bit more specific and say, look, you know, what I really like is that the way you planned this project out, you had some clear goals, you engaged the client, you did X, Y, Z, whatever it is, I'm making it up, you know, and you also did this and went above and beyond what you were meant to do. So thank you. That That's much more effective because you've actually identified particular areas that that person did well, highlighted them, and then acknowledged their efforts with a thank you. So going back to the airport example or the business that asks for feedback online, you know, the star ratings that you get on all these websites, that is really industries learning about themselves. So that data gets fed into um, a number crunching machine and analysed and they might find that hey, you know, we got less smiley faces when people were waiting in this part of the the queue, and that means we need to look at that. But focusing on individual feedback, which I think is is far more interesting in a way, um, the examples I just gave about specific feedback, um, they're all fine, but there's a step before that, and one of the things I never know is how someone's going to take feedback. So if they've done something let's say for example i mean in 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 general practice and in medicine we do a lot of feeding back and if you're watching um, a trainee in a consultation i find that a really good place to start is to see how they calibrate themselves so i often say how do you think that went and then if for example you know i thought myself that it didn't go very well and then the actual trainee says, oh, I thought it was brilliant, you know, I thought that was just great. The next challenge is to kind of break that down. So I I was trained as a GP in the Oxford Deanery and they used to use something called Pendleton Rules and Pendleton Rules um, cover what went well first and then what you might have improved on. So my next question would be, okay, what do you think went well? And then if there's a mismatch where the trainee suddenly thought that they had done something well that I thought hang on a minute, that that didn't go so well. What do you do at that point? Well, there's lots of different ways. Um, In the region I work in now, they use something called a Calgary-Cambridge model, and the feedback there is a bit more brutal. You sort of intervene as things are going wrong. It's almost more real-time, which I always found a bit violating, actually, as as either the trainer or the the person it's being done to, because I think it can really ruin people's flow, but that's just my view. Actually, it, it reminds me, years ago we had um, something called OSCE stations, OSCE's Objective Structured Clinical Examination, and these sort of, if you like, actor patients at each um, station where um, when I was a trainee you had to go up and examine them or you know pretend to go through a consultation with them. And this was this was many years ago, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was a local consultant surgeon who came along to do the OSCEs with um, our local GP trainers. And when it came to the feedback at the end, he just went, I thought all of you were terrible, really terrible. You know, none of you have a clue about examining the abdomen properly or examining anything uh, thoroughly for that matter. And, you know, we we all thought he was joking because we were used to this Pendleton model of saying what you did well first and then what you could have improved on. But it was hilarious. And, you know, our um, our then 
course director just went well you know don't hold back you know uh, on, on the feedback but it was it was brutal but you know that that in itself is not helpful because yeah we may have been terrible in his eyes but what is it that we were doing so terribly and again as I always say it's important to separate terrible from the person and the technique you know you're not terrible it's just that you were doing something terribly in the eyes of someone who's an expert but there was no learning in that in that feedback at all I think we're in quite a difficult time in history at the moment because everyone has the right to reply everyone can feedback on everyone you know whether it's your boss whether it's your junior it doesn't matter um, we often do these things called 360s where everyone gets an opinion on you and your performance you know a lot of, lot of organizations do that but where I find it difficult is is people who just cannot take criticism and feedback is different to criticism but people who are I guess the opposite of vulnerable and quite defensive just don't like it and it's it can be quite ugly and I've had this um, over the years with colleagues where they're just blind to feedback that seems to be consistent so if someone's saying the same thing about your performance or the way that you do something then you probably ought to take note of it so as doctors we have these annual appraisals a lot of people have them at work obviously not just doctors and um, certain themes come through and, and actually one that has come through for me is that making sure I write enough about a plan for someone in their notes because although I know what's going on and I might know the patient very well one or two of my colleagues have, have, have found it difficult to to know whether I'd actually made a referral or whether I had planned a follow-up etc and that's really useful because A, it's true, I agree with that, and B, I've worked on it every single year. I make an extra effort now to make sure that I um, address that. And, you know, the underlying reason being that I'm so absorbed in my interaction with the patient, the note-keeping I do sort of afterwards rather than type and talk at the same time when the patient's in front of you. I always find that quite rude, although it's probably not a bad idea in terms of record keeping and I think with the with the prickly people as I call them the ones that don't take feedback very well there's a bit of a danger because sometimes they often get so defensive they fire shots back at you saying oh you've got it in for me you know um, and they kind of play that card and actually there's no basis to it at all it's feedback from many many sources that um, or multi-source feedback as we call it that has highlighted specific behaviours or areas that they need to focus on well the other one is they just ignore it and you're waiting for the penny to drop where they finally think you know what I really ought to do something about this rather than just make excuses and fob them off So one way around this, I think, is where you set really clear ground rules with feedback for an organisation and you say, look, you know what, this is going to feel threatening for some of you, but the important thing is that it's the same for everyone and the methods used are the same for each person and we're just trying to learn a bit more about us and how to improve not just our own performance but 
the performance of the organisation. You've got to have purpose, you see, with these things. Otherwise, there's no point. What is the point in feedback unless there's a goal or a purpose? I think also, um, in order for feedback culture to feel unthreatening, it's got to be part of the way things are wherever you work you know so that you're just doing it all the time informally um so that it it just doesn't feel like a big deal because it's really easy to take colleagues for granted you kind of expect them to do a good job particularly in healthcare because we're so punch drunk from workload at the moment so it's nice to acknowledge that someone's doing a good job but with a specific example you know for example i really liked the way that you did that the way you spoke to that person because it made them understand this particular situation or whatever you know so you're you're picking on something specific and commenting on that the other thing is that as you progress in in whatever field of work you're in the longer you've been in a particular job or the more senior you are feedback can dry up no one says well done or thank you or uh, gives you subjective or or objective feedback unless it's through a tool like appraisal questionnaires and that is almost the opposite you don't really know how you're doing we all need encouragement and we all need um, to be told if we're not doing something the right way and in medicine that's because of safety obviously first and foremost and I think you know what it's okay to actually ask for feedback I'm really happy with that and I've often done that but in order to get it appropriately the person giving the feedback almost has to make it not sound like feedback I think the word itself it can be a bit triggering um, and can make people nervous uh, so you certainly don't want uh, a situation like the the surgeon I mentioned earlier who just says you know oh well, that was terrible because that's not constructive in any way shape or form what would be better is asking someone how something went, focusing on what went well and how they did that, and then perhaps thinking about things that might need a bit of improvement. That's my way anyway, having kind of looked at lots of methodologies around feedback, including some that say that feedback is not beneficial. That's an interesting one. So, you know, I like a story or a quote. Um, my feedback stories are a little bit dull and a bit short but I'll tell that very quickly it was when I was a medical student and um, a senior colleague on our firm was getting feedback from patients on the ward and there was a lady who I'd been tasked to cannulate which is where you get a little needle like the one that you take blood with and you pop it into a vein so that you can set a drip up anyway I couldn't do it and I had two or three goes and we were walking round, and this senior colleague said so you know what was he like and she said, do you know what? I've never come across a doctor or a student who's got shoes as shiny as he has, which I thought was very generous of her. But I'm going to end with a quote. They're quite dull, the ones on feedback, but there's one that resonates with me. And it's by someone called Anne-Marie Hortling. And it's this. Feedback is a free education to excellence. Seek it with sincerity and receive it with grace. And I think 
that just about sums it up. And I really wish that the people that are oversensitive um, and always worry they're not good enough take heed of that. But also the ones that don't like criticism and find it difficult to listen to feedback. Because I think if you see it as that, you know, a free education and you receive it with grace, you can't really go wrong. Okay, so that was feedback. And I'd love your feedback just to keep on brand with the actual episode. Um, It'd be great to hear from you, whether you've got any horror stories about feedback or the opposite, where compassionate feedback, which is what I think I'm about, um, has really inspired you and nurtured you in your education or your career. I'd love to hear from you on my social media outlets. In the meantime, I'll be back again soon with another topic. Meanwhile, do take care, look after yourself, and until we meet again, bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.